So your mate Sam Harris. Oh, what's he done now? T- to be fair, um, he at least is being consistent. <laughs> um, he's not. He's not specifically calling for the deaths of children this time. Um, if anything, I think he's he's refining his arguments. Um, I mean, I'm saying that like it's impressive in some way, um, and that he's really iterating. But he's just being more specific. In, in this little clip that I'm I'm about to play you. He just, he tends to, I, what, there was an interview I listened to, I say recently, it would, would have been a few months ago now, I think it was, um, who's, Lex Friedman, I think it was Lex Friedman, and he was talking, and this this wasn't about, because the, 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 the clip, the clip that I played on the podcast a few months ago, you know, they give me give me preferential killing of kids yeah, and that yeah, kind of stuff. Yeah. It wasn't, so that was about the, the vaccines. This wasn't about the vaccines. He was talking about um, wars and stuff. Right. And after about 45 seconds, he was talking about little girls being killed. Um, and he's, he's obsessed. Like, he's obsessed with killing children. And I, I don't, or obsessed with the death of children. With, with the children. deaths of children, yeah. yeah. And, and I don't really know why. There's, there's something not quite right about that. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it just seems odd that that's his, his this is, go-to. This is an audio podcast. This is a video I'm going to play you. He doesn't look quite as mad in the eyes as he as he did in some of those other clips that we've that we've seen from the past year or so. I'm not saying that his opinions are any more worth listening to, um, other than. The the subject of this is very much viruses and vaccines. Still, this is still what this conversation is about, and I think it's worth just reminding ourselves of what that side of the argument is uh, in relation to where we are now. So I'm just gonna I'm just gonna play you this. It's a few minutes, um, and I'll cut it off when it starts getting starts going on to other sure. other subjects. Uh, here we go. So you felt that it was it was obviously wrong to force people to get the, the mRNA vaccine for COVID, right? Now, I would grant you, certainly in retrospect, that seems true. But if we change a, a few of the variables, I think your, your ethical intuitions and, and certainly political intuitions would totally change. So you make it a much more obviously effective vaccine that really does block transmissions like a sterilizing vaccine uh you make it a much more dangerous virus you make it a virus that's actually preferentially killing kids rather than old people right so now is now we're in an environment where like you're deciding not to get vaccinated is putting my kids at risk right do you get to make that choice right and you might say oh yes yeah i should be able to make that choice it's my body you know but dial up the the deadliness of the pathogen, you know, give us something like, you know, airborne Ebola that incubates for a month. You don't, you don't know you have it and you're, you walk around spreading it and it's got, you know, a 75% fatality rate and it's mostly killing kids. No one gets to make that choice anymore. I mean, then literally the, the cops come in and vaccinate you. And I, w- I would say that all of us would agree to that. The moment, again, that you turn up the lethality uh, uh, on the on the pathogen, you turn up the effectiveness of the vaccine, you turn 
down the risk of the vaccine. Give me a truly safe vaccine where there's not even one documented case of vaccine injury, right? So that then you just have to be completely crazy to be worried about being vaccinated in that in that kind of environment. Um, then it's just a no-brainer. Then then we just don't tolerate a diversity of opinion because the stakes are too high. It's it's a full-on emergency. Bodies of kids are being stacked up in parks, right? We we there's so many of them we don't know what to do with them. We've got these mobile morgues, and we have a vaccine that actually works. And then we've got RFK Jr. saying, you know, maybe you don't want you know maybe you don't want to get the jab on Rogan's podcast, right? That's that that's the the world. I've been worried about ever since COVID, like like a, like a, a world where the truth is really clear, and yet our media environment is so crazy that that so, we, we can't even talk about it. And we get we get this. Well, I'm going to stop it there. I I almost want I almost want to play it and pause it. There's so particular- I was going to say there's so much there. I mean, it's it's basically. He's he's turned he's turned up his arguments to eleven, hasn't he? So it's similar similar to last time. Give me, and he did say, "Give us airborne Ebola," didn't he? He didn't yeah. say, "Give me kids being preferentially killed." So it's slightly better than that. But he was talking about mobile morgues and children, dead children stacking up in playgrounds. So where do you want to start? Because I've got plenty I could say about this. Well, to to, to begin with, he didn't really acknowledge that the other guy was right. I mean, he kind of half acknowledged. He's like, in retrospect, you were, you know. So, but he he, he still he still maintains that he. I don't, I don't know how quite how he's doing it, but he's he's still managing to talk like he is in the right. Yes. E- even though yes, he's just acknowledged that it wasn't right this time. Yeah, it wasn't right this time. But I'm still in the right overall because of my attitude. And he even says at the vaccines. end, "This has been my worry ever since COVID." It's like right, so. You're worried about a future pathogen that has these characteristics. So why did you map that onto this one, which doesn't? Well, yeah, and also if you want, if you want people, if you're worried about a future pathogen, disease um, X. Yeah, if you're worried about if you're worried about disease X in the future, then you don't want to be you don't want to be encouraging people to get a vaccine that kills them for a disease that isn't it's like the the, the wrong thing if, if you if you if, if let's say you and i were worried about disease x in the future we'd have done exactly the same thing during covid it's like don't worry about that worry about it when you really need to worry about it because we don't want to we don't want to cook our goose or cry so wolf. can we he's been crying wolf hasn't he for, for years and saying oh i'm yep. worried about what happens in the future well can we should we start then with should we start with his airborne Ebola? Then? Well, I'm, okay, I'm, airborne what? Ebola with a one-month incubation period that, prefer- that has a seventy-five percent infection fatality rate and preferentially kills and kids. preferentially kills kids. The the world is over. Yeah, that's it. Oh yeah, because if it takes a month for us all to work out that only twenty-five percent of us are going to survive, <laughs> then what's then? There's no there's no need for a vaccine anymore. Either you've beaten it. Or you haven't, and that's it. Yeah, that's it. It's spread. It, it, it would be over in two months flat. Oh yeah, absolutely. And 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 the world is and and, and Klaus Schwab gets his way, and uh, and we're at a quarter of the Earth's population. So 
the idea because he his counterfactuals don't even work and no. they are so they are so far removed from anything well it's it's not like you know he, he, he starts off saying well if you just change a couple of variables yeah. and then these couple of variables turn it into something completely different let's talk about his mythical vaccine then <laughs> with not a single the one that not a single harm mm. not a single harm at all and it's completely effective okay well forget the harm for now Let's talk about its effectiveness. He called it a, a fully sterilizing vaccine that stops transmission and illness. Okay? So why do I need one if you've had it? This is the one single argument that I don't think... I think there is, an, there is the sliver of an argument if a vaccine does some good but no harm that you might want more people to get it. There's, there, as I say, I'm saying sliver of argument here. Okay, there is no argument whatsoever, if it just works, that you need the rest of the world to have it if you've had it. Yeah. Uh, no I, argument whatsoever. If it works, good luck to you. Although, and every, all the people you hate will die because they're too stupid to get it. Yeah, but that, that, that counterfactual that you've just said is impossible. Yes. So if a vaccine does something... So, you know, let's say, like you said, it, 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 it gives you some kind of protection. That's a vaccine doing something. If it does something, then that something is going to be bad for someone. It's not going to be, you, 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 there's no such thing as, a, there's no, going to be no such thing as a vaccine or any kind of treatment or any kind of drug or anything that is uniformly good for everybody and doesn't. But I'm just picking holes in his, yeah. in the rules of his counterfactual. Yeah, Which when can't it, possibly well, when it's his little utopian scenario here. What if this vaccine is completely sterilizing and completely safe? Then and you're worried about your kids. Just make your kids have the vaccine. Get your kids vaccinated. That, that's what I'm saying. Game over. That's it. You're safe. Yeah. Or aren't you? If you're not, why aren't you? If you're not safe when you've had the vaccine, then how does that work? Because you've just said it works. And and then I, I, my 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 other favourite bit is uh, the police are coming in and vaccinating you. Well, then I don't have a choice then, do I? And why do the police need to come in to vaccinate me to, with, a, with a vaccine that's perfect? I'm going to want it, aren't I? Well, that's the thing. He's, when, when he's, he's, he's talking about doesn't work. He's talking about mandates. And, and if it's as bad, if the, if the virus is as bad and the vaccine is as good, you don't need, you don't a, need a mandate. mandate. You don't need police going door to no. door. They would be clamouring. Yeah. In fact, I think, there was, I think they genuinely thought that this would be the case, that there would be... Um, potentially even riots for people trying to get hold of the vaccine. Now, do you remember the queues at our local oh, yeah, vaccine centre? I mean, you say hilarious. It was pretty disappointing well, it, and sinister. It, hilarious until you see the ambulances a couple of months later. Yeah, yeah. Um, but they were literally like queuing around the block. Mm. They, were, they, were, they were so far away from the little row of shops where they'd set it up. I remember having to really avoid these people as I went for a walk. Although at one point I decided to walk past them all without them. without my mask on for you know as long as I could get get amongst all the people at the front with their clipboards and their masks and, yeah. and everything else just uh, just off for a walk without my mask on. Well, just just talking about these two these two scenarios. Okay, so we've got the one scenario which is what actually happened. Okay, so you know, fit and healthy people are absolutely fine. Um, I mean, we could even go as far as saying it doesn't even exist. Um, sure. We've got a vaccine that does absolutely nothing to prevent 
um, illness, illness or transmission, and kills people. That's that's arguably sn- there's no vaccine that prevents illness. <laughs> but that's that's scenario one. Yep. Scenario two is Sam Harris, airborne Ebola, seventy-five um, percent death rate, preferentially kills kids, and the vaccine is absolutely perfect. Yeah. Okay. How long does it take to get this vaccine? Oh, yeah, that was another <laughs> thing. <It's> like, <laughs> Which is what I'm saying. In two months, the yeah. world, the, the world is over. Um. So under under Sam Harris's counterfactual, he's then gone on to say people like RFK Jr. will be going on to Rogan saying don't get the vaccine when there is no way on earth he would say that under those circumstances. No. Yet in the actual scenario where there's no fucking virus and the vaccine kills you, Sam Harris is mandating it. Yes. Yeah. It's uh, just see, I I picked up as soon as he um as soon as he references RFK Jr., he loses it a bit. You can tell in his communication. He's very confident with his little model now, his little scenario that gives out. And then suddenly his voice is faltering and he can't get the words out because he doesn't even know how to characterise RFK Jr.'s position, mm. um, which I think is, in, is an important observation of this. He, he knows he's on dodgy, dicey ground when he invokes him. But it's just the whole thing. It's like if I said, if I said to you, do you want to buy my clapped out Ford Escort from 1985 that doesn't work for £50,000? And you say, you know what? I'm not going to take you off on that. <laughs> okay. And I said, whoa, whoa, whoa hang on. And, then, and I, I go talking to people saying, Nick's all wrong. You just need to turn, turn, change a couple of variables. What if it was a Ferrari and what if it was for 500 quid? Then, 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 then what, what would he be saying? He'd be ripping my arm off. Well, yeah, because it's it's a completely different scenario from the scenario that actually happened. That's that's when you that's the difference between changing a couple of variables, and yes. that's exactly what he does. Yes. Do you want to do you want to buy this old banger for a, a lot of money? Yeah. Or would you like a, a Lamborghini for free? Well, it's like, well, okay, well, you know, of course, under that scenario, people would act differently. Our um, our stance on vaccines has changed. Yeah. Hmm. A, a lot. Our, yes. our stance on viruses yes. has changed a lot um, over these past months and years. I remember saying words to the effect of... I'm not of, an anti-vaxxer. I remember saying these <laughs> words. I remember saying, I don't have a problem with vaccines. I have a problem with this vaccine. And, and, and phrases yeah, yeah, yeah. To, you know, like, like that. Um, and that was just purely based on um, the new technology and the obvious safety profile when it when it was rolled out i mean as we've already said you weren't going to have it regardless of that i wasn't going to have it i i'd done i had done my research um for the months leading up to it and i was like it's killed all the monkeys it's definitely not yeah because you did you did way. you did a lot more i didn't do any research because i i I, I don't. I don't need it. There's no. There's no. There's no reason for me to. to I was just to, interested. Yeah. I, again, it was like a technological thing. A bit. It's a bit. Um, uh, Brett, Brett Weinstein's a bit like this. He's, he's, he'll marvel at the technology, you know. And and, and then he's not apologising for the for, for the safety of it. He's saying it should be a marvelous technology. Um, you know, look at what we can do. Don't do it. <laughs> mm. um, but that was why I looked into it in the in the summer of uh, of 2020. Um, and before, before the internet was scrubbed of this information, before definitions were changed of what gene therapy was, 
before you couldn't find evidence that they hadn't ever done a successful coronavirus vaccine or that any of the so-called vaccines that they'd done with this new gene therapy technology had killed all the animals and had never been successful in, you know, never been human trial and all this kind of stuff. I found all of that out in the middle of 2020. It's like, well, that doesn't sound like anything anyone should do. <laughs> and, 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 you know, when we started hearing about lipid nanoparticles and all this, all this other stuff. But, uh, yeah. Sam Harris is still is still mad though. I think that's the, 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 he, he's still a little bit crazy. I know you said he's not quite as crazy in the eyes, I, but I think I think he's just calmed down a bit. I, his his position is crazy, and what I don't get is I, I haven't seen the whole of that interview, um, but there's a there's a few minutes more in this particular clip um, of of the the guy interviewing him or having the conversation with him coming back at him with some things but none of them are this I, I want I would love I would love to actually sit down with him and have this conversation because nobody ever puts these positions well he doesn't he doesn't to anyone like that not yeah. even yeah, it's not just Sam Harris there's plenty of people who have similar ish positions he's just top of the pile in terms of putting it together in this ridiculous model but I think an awful lot of the reason that there are still people now in this country getting jabbed is a basically a watered-down version of his model. Yeah, that and they told me to. Yeah, I think lots of people don't want to admit that they were wrong, um, so they will continue to get jabbed. As a, it's just cognitive dissonance, I think, at this point, I, for I, a lot of people. I know people who are still being jabbed and are still getting ill from the jab, and are still getting COVID afterwards. I, I, in quotes, COVID, you know, yeah, air quotes. Yeah. As in, they've got COVID right now, and they're testing positive. And two months ago, they had a booster, and were very sick with the booster, which will be their, what, sixth, seventh jab? Can and you still, still get, doing can it. Can you still get them? Yep. I thought they were stopping them. All these. Right. And let's face it, you tell him. You telling me if you didn't push for it, they'd give it to you. Oh yeah, I'm sure you could probably. <laughs> if you and I were to stick our hands up now, and say, they we're, would. We're unvaccinated. They could would you please welcome give us, us. Jabs? Yeah, they would welcome us with open arms. Yeah, I, I, another thing. They've that, been hassling our father again. Have they? Yeah, sending messages and stuff. Oh jeez. And I said to him, I was like, "Well, what do they? What do they think? They they think that after all this time of not being jabbed." That you're suddenly going to have this Damascene conversion. They cannot comprehend the way we think. <laughs> no, seriously. You know, you know when you got the uh, when you try and get when like either right wingers or you know libertarians, anarchists try and infiltrate the left, and try, it's almost like you know like you have to kind of almost like pass a Turing test where you can kind of go in there sure. and you can you can go and it's in there. Really easy. It, it is for us. They can't do it. The right. other way around, you can spot them a mile off. Right. They just can't. They they they, they can't work out. They they have. I don't know. It's it's they, whether it's the, just they lack empathy or they just can't. They can only think in a certain way. They can't put themselves in in anyone else's shoes. Yeah. And they can't possibly comprehend the way another person's mind thinks. They yeah. can't steal man anything. Yeah. So they 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 just assume it's like you know when you know when you hear people talk about. Uh, and this is predominantly a lefty thing, where it's never, 
it's never that we're wrong or we got this bit wrong or we didn't do this quite right. It's always we just didn't get our message across. Oh, yeah, it's it's yeah. it's never. Yeah, they understood your message perfectly, and I think and it's bullshit. It. <laughs> yeah, it's always we just didn't get the message across correctly, or they didn't. You know, we failed to push it across, and they didn't quite understand what we were saying. It's never that. They just disagree with you because yeah. they can't comprehend that, that they they just think that once socialism is you know explained to you clearly, then everyone on earth would go for it because why wouldn't you? And and they can't they can't comprehend. Well, actually, I'd, I I you know this is what I value more. So someone who is getting repeatedly ill every time they get jabbed, and then getting repeatedly ill from the supposed virus that it's supposed think, to be protecting about think how ill they would get if they didn't if they weren't having those seven or eight jabs and that literally is, is going is, is that's the, what they're telling themselves and that literally is the only again i'll use the word rational but you get what i'm saying it's the only logical um argument isn't it but it's it's blinkered in the fact that they're they're not looking around not looking at, at you or i and saying but you're well, not on, dead these guys are fighting fit and they're not yeah. getting they're just not getting it yeah. at all i mean I, I can't i can't literally can't remember the last time i was, I was ill Probably when I thought I had COVID. <laughs> yeah, that's because you're not a drug addict, and that's and that's how I'm categorising these people now. Yeah, yeah, they are rolling up their sleeves regularly, getting a getting a fix, getting a toxic substance injected into them. They're drug addicts. They fit, as far as I'm concerned, all of the all of the traits or the definition of drug addict because they they won't be talked to. I'm, I'm, no, I'm not, I'm not going to talk about it. <laughs> they can't give it up. They need it. It's a. Mm. They think they get a perceived benefit from it. They're addicted. They're drug addicts. <laughs> anyone, anyone who gets a vaccine now, anyone who's continuing to get jabbed, is a drug addict. I popped into the chemist um, today to pick up a prescription for Julie. Yeah. And someone there was a woman in there who was probably about our age, I think. Okay. And she's picking up. Well, so there were a couple of odd things. So she was picking up a prescription for something. And she mentioned, she said, oh, "Can I have some of those?" And it was like some sleeping aids, like sleep, some kind of sleep aid. Right. And she says, "Yeah, the non-drowsy one." <laughs> I'm thinking, like, <laughs> that's going to be fucking, <laughs> fucking useless, isn't it? I'm like a non-drowsy sleep aid. What is? I'd, I'd, I'd like, can I have the real. If that was me, I'd have the drowsiest sleep aid possible. That's so, what you're aiming for, I isn't it? So I didn't, I didn't quite understand that. And then, and then she picked up a bunch of COVID tests that you have to pay for now. And she's like, oh, "I'll have these as well." And it's I've, I'm people I, are still testing. I'm working with someone who's still testing, as in I don't think they're testing all the time. But their um, uh, their partner um, was ill like last week um, and tested positive, um, and then they said oh, I'm absolutely fine, and I you know I've, and I've tested this afternoon, I tested a couple of hours ago. <laughs> it's like like why why what what special piece of information have you gleaned from knowing that? Now, now, let's say you are positive. Now, now that you are, what changes? Tell me what changes, other than it costs you money to know. Can you imagine? Can you imagine if, if there were tests for? I mean, I know this is just a cold, whatever that is. But let's just let's just um, assume germ theory exists for the moment, and there was a test for the cold. Can, can you imagine, you're like, you, your nose is running, you've got a headache, you've got a sore throat, but only when you get the positives up. I've got a cold. 
I have got a cold. And you keep testing until you don't have the positive test anymore. And you're like, right, I definitely don't have it anymore. Of course you don't. You're not got a runny nose anymore. You're not got a headache. You're not got so that you feel fine. Of course you don't have it anymore. You knew when you did have it because you were ill. And you know when you don't have it because you're not ill anymore. That's my test. <laughs> I, th- I think these people, um, they, they still think... There's no consequences, though. They, they, still, they, they still believe that COVID is potentially deadly and a cold is not. Yeah. I, I, even know, now. Even e- now. E- yeah. Oh, yes, even now. Even, even now. now. Even if you accept the narrative that there is a graph of, of deadliness and it has gone down. Because otherwise, otherwise, if that graph of deadliness hasn't gone down, if Omicron or whatever the hell the latest thing is, isn't less deadly than all of the others then why don't we have all the COVID restrictions in place? Well, lots of people still believe... Riddle we sh- me that. Lots of people still believe we should have the COVID restrictions in place and there should still be... Oh, but these people members. aren't staying in their own houses and not leaving and masking up when they go to shops. Uh, I think I think people... I'm sure some of them are, mm-hmm. but there are plenty of people that are in that category that are testing, that think it's dangerous, that are a bit worried about it, but they're still going along with their lives. Other than testing and... You know, what, what, I, I don't understand that position. They're probably telling themselves that everybody's vaccinated. Um, News for you. <laughs> and well, it, well, they've been lying to themselves for, for years. Why would they stop now? I think they're telling themselves that the vast majority of people are vaccinated. They will be not talking or having anything to do with people who they know haven't been vaccinated. They've probably, they've probably got... These, these people have probably got lots of friends who they've been talking about being vaccinated and boosted with. So all the people they talk to will be ca- will, will be getting COVID and have probably got COVID five or six times. And it, it probably is fucking awful for them because of... Because be- their immune system beca- is so bad. Because their immune system is so yep. shit. That, and they've been jabbing themselves willy and indeed nilly for three years. Uh, so of course they're getting ill. So they, they, they're probably getting regularly ill every couple of months with something that probably for them is worse than a cold. Yes, so in their little yes. bubble, in their little bubble, God, I'm getting really ill. I feel I feel like death every couple of months. So I, need, when I need more jabs. There must be. This is me. This is hope beyond hope. No. So this there is this is you be. doing of them and not being able to work to to think about how they're thinking. There's not going to be a there's not going to be a moment where they're so there isn't a turning point. No. There literally isn't a turning I don't point. Think so. They will jab themselves to, to death. death. Yes, I think so. There is. They will jab themselves until the jabs become un- un- unavailable. Which in which case, well, let's just let's just game that a second. In which case, do they then resort to the kind of hocus pocus methods of uh, prevention? If there's no jabs available and they feel like theirs is all worn off, will they then resort to the kind of uh, crazy conspiracy theories in terms of protection and protecting yourself? No, I think they'll. they'll if they get ill, they'll. It will be something else. You think they'll pivot? Yeah, yeah, of course they will. You won't think they will go, oh my God, I've got COVID. This is COVID. This is the worst thing ever. And I nearly nearly died. I nearly died. There should have been a vaccine. I nearly died. No, it will be... I suppose the problem with that is you can't do that too many times. Yeah. You can do that once. And there won't be any tests. So I won't be able to prove they've got COVID. Um, And they will just be... It'll be a bad case of the flu or something. So we wanted to get our flu jabs. (laughs) It, they'll, they'll pivot to something. Yeah. 
Um, have you listened yet to uh, Denis Roncourt on I saw Warfare? it. I saw it because he's been on again, isn't he? Yes, and because he's very, he's very, he's, he's got all the stats. He's and, and you know, obviously it's a whole team of people that he's working with on um, on the study, um, but he just has a very clear answer to all, all of this stuff. Um, it's well worth listening to. Um, I really enjoyed the first one. Yes, I really enjoyed the first yeah. one. Again. Um, I, it's it's just worth reminding yourself. I know we we've moved on. You know we don't talk about this all the time, um, lest we forget. Though you know, uh, but he's got the, the the benefit of being able to look back now on nearly three years of vaccinations, which is crazy, isn't it? I mean that's a crazy thought. Means that you've got lots of data from lots of countries in order to produce um, good stats from. Uh, which is what he'd done. One of my favourites, and I don't mean this in a good way. Okay, one of the, let's put it this way, one of the standout statistics is in the over 90-year-olds. And this is interesting, if only because of obviously the way that the medical industry and just people in general will categorise a death of someone in their 90s. Because, of course, your obvious reaction is... Old age. Oh, well, they've had a good innings. Yeah, yeah. Of, course, of course they're at risk of death. They're in their 90s. But he's got the stats. I mean, these stats are based on all-cause mortality. So you can see how many 90-year-olds should be dying, in quotes, in, you know, compared, compared to previously. Um, and, and so there is... I think I've got this right. In the over 90s, there's a 1 in 20 chance of dying with every jab. 1 in 20. Jeez. Of, and I think pretty much like in the next few hours, you know, you, you, you get jabbed and you're dead later that day. That's the kind of 1 in 20 chance thing. And, of course, the medical establishment just goes, oh, well, they were in their 90s. Um, it's like, yeah, but he was, he was a fit and healthy... Oh, the reason he's in, he's in his nineties is because he's fit and healthy. He wouldn't have he wouldn't be here otherwise. Um, and they just they'll blame anything else, and so it just gets swept under the carpet. And they just rationalise deaths of people in their nineties. Eh, what are you gonna do? When these people, the very fact that they're in their nineties and they got there and they're still there <laughs> means they're doing something right, <laughs> other than getting jabbed. Yeah, I remember him saying some statistics about I think for elderly people it was like one in a hundred or something but one in twenty that's um, in general the um, the dangers of death not harm and again there are things worse than death in just just death terms based on the you know government official numbers they are a thousand times more deadly than the official um narrative states so they are that three orders of magnitude more deadly than they than the claim is Jeez. and obviously the virus in quotes is less deadly than they've always quoted as well so again it's it's the opposite of sam so harris's thing it does it in the complete opposite direction. so yeah so hang on a second sam we've already changed the variables <laughs> <laughs> we've already changed the variables into making you know, into saying that the uh, you know the, the the virus. I want to is, put this to him as well. The virus is deadly, and the vaccines aren't. G- give me, <laughs> give me a vaccine that preferentially kills children, 
and a virus that doesn't kill anyone. What what then for your mandate, Mr. Harris? Well, we've had that. Yeah, exactly. And he's still mandating them. Yeah, but I want to know what his. I want to. I want to take fact, his that, model and adjust it. That would be that would be the thing to say to him. Is like, okay, yeah. well, what we have actually got, Sam, is a vaccine that preferentially kills kids. Yeah. And you want a mandate. So this is what I'm worried about, people like yeah. you. Yeah, but you've said it's airborne Ebola and a perfect vaccine. I think you were advocating this with what we currently have or what we had in the last three years. So actually, where is your limit? Sounds to me, if, if, you, if you actually still think it was rational to argue for a mandate for what we did have, then that means you must be arguing for something that could cause even more death as a vaccine and even less death as a virus. Because you were happy to mandate this level. It would have to be even worse in both directions for, you, for your original level of when you would kick a mandate in. Which is a shocking I mean, state when, of affairs. What, so when, when wouldn't you want a mandate, Sam? Yes. When wouldn't you? Because yes. this, this virus was nothing and the vaccine preferentially killed kids. Yeah. Certainly young people, certainly young boys. Yes. Um, so And again, I, I think we need to stop focusing on um, death all the time and, uh, and look at the harms because well, yeah. largely more people are going... For every one person that dies, there's going to be, what, many hundreds of people that are harmed? And that's the short-term harms that we know about. And the medium-term harms, the stuff that's coming out now over the last yeah, few and you, years. Yeah, you, and you said, you said just now, and you said it a number of times before, in that there are worse things than death, mm. you know, some, of the, some of the harms. But, but even, even the ones that aren't worse than death, they're still awful. You know, even, yeah. if, even well, if you, they're unnecessary. Yeah, even if, even if you... Even if it's just hay fever. Yeah, exactly. If you, you have to take antihistamines every day for the rest of your life. Which is an Andrew Bridgen yeah. uh, that's still, vaccine harm. That's still pretty shit. Yeah. Well, and it still gets you dependent on another pharmaceutical product. Yeah, or or you how convenient. Or you've um you've got you know you you've had heart damage, and yeah. you had myocarditis, and you have to take it easy for the rest of your life. Yeah, you can't can't let your heart rate go too high. Yeah, or or your your heart's you know basically back to normal, but you've probably knocked fifteen years off the off your life. Yeah, yeah, you probably die at sixty instead of seventy five, of a heart attack. Yeah, so you you know you'll be alright for you'll be alright for a while, but you know don't don't go don't go reading any long books. That's the vaccine you mandated. Yeah. So that means you would have mandated one even worse. That's my point. It's, it can't it, be it, magically. It can't be magically that you ha- that this happens to just tip you slightly over the edge in terms of uh, when you mandate it. Yeah, I don't think this was. I don't think this was Sam Harris's minimum. No, because he's never. I want s- to know where that was. He's, he's never said. It's just tipped me over the edge. No, and, you know this is this now. It, I think yeah. we're getting the. We need to start thinking about mandates. He's like, no, nope, you almost have it. Yeah, yeah. So if it was slightly worse, and like you say, and 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 the virus itself was not quite as bad. I mean, essentially, what he's admitting to. I know I'm putting words in his mouth here, but he's saying COVID is airborne Ebola. Uh, that's how he. Always thought of it. I think this is kind of kind of admitted. That's that's how scared he was. It was of o- COVID. It was only reasonable to think that, <laughs> Nick. <laughs> it was only reasonable for you to be catastrophically afraid of COVID and to desperately want a virus until we had any other information. Desperately want a virus? Vaccine. Sorry. <laughs> I desperately want to see a virus. 
Yeah, don't we all? But he, yeah, he still he he still believes that it was it was reasonable it was reasonable to think that the next variation of SARS-CoV would have killed everybody, and that we we need to put our trust in Big Pharma. I don't I don't understand either of those. Two. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I can I can I say, I say I don't understand. I can I can I can I can see where how the his mind is working, but it's he's he's kidding himself because they. I I think I can tell what he's thinking subconsciously when he can't. Mm. In that they 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 love control and they love control and they love power. Yeah, and. Just getting everybody to get vaccinated it gives Which, them a high. It gives them this. You can just kind of see like the glint in in, yeah. in 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 the eye. Um, yeah. And and yeah, they, they get. It's Give, the equivalent they get of, giddy. It's like it's the equivalent of of, of Yahweh huffing on <laughs> smouldering <laughs> bodies. <laughs> it's that. Nikuach uh, was it? Was that the? Was that the word? Yeah, possibly. That, 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 as in the the relaxation yeah. that the the Elohim got. But when you when you see these people on when you see these people on TV being interviewed, and when there's when there's a couple of years ago, when there was the possibility of mandates, you could see that sparkle in their eyes. Mm. When they were just talking about, we might get to, we might get to mandate it, and they yeah. were just there was like an excitement and a thrill. It wasn't. I'm really sorry. We're going to have to do this, no. um, and it's it's you know it is with a heavy heart that we have to have these mandates. No, they were just jumping for joy, even when they were trying to 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 sound like they were serious. You could tell in their eyes that they loved it, and that's that's where Sam Harris is, yeah, and all the rest of the bastards. Yeah, I knew you'd like talking about him again. <laughs> it's, He's such a he's such a disappointment. Um, <laughs> he, I, I genuinely I, I remember him in like kind of 2014, 2015. And he, so he's always been rubbish about wars. Okay, he's always been a warmonger. Right. But there are certain subjects like kind of neocon. Yes. Oh, he's very, he's he's, a, right. he's he's very much very much yeah. neocon. Um, there there are certain subjects that he's been pretty good at, and uh, like religion is you know if we had if we had a chat to him about religion we'd be all be on the same page right because he was he was originally the anti-religion guy yeah he was like a he, he was up there he was one of the big four with like Dawkins and mm. uh and um also Dillahunty and and the, you know these other Chris Hitchens and, and, mm. and other people he was like you know he was one of the big four and um but he was always like he was always the the neuroscientist and the anti-religion guy mm. um but now he's just the the COVID crazy. Trump derangement syndrome. Mm. COVID. That's what he goes into as well. He starts talking about COVID Trump. mad guy. Yeah. What, that, one other thing then. One other observation. Um, I know your eyebrows rise, raised when, when you heard it as well. He talked about the media landscape being somehow against his position in that clip, didn't he? Yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't believe that. That's another. I mean, how, that just shows you the, the cognitive dissonance that he has. That's like a full on denial of what's right in front of your face but you get that you get that with yeah, left leftists will do that all the time where, oh, yeah, yeah. they, where, think, they where, think they're getting a they're not getting a fair hearing the, the today program will interview one right winger amongst three yeah. hours of left-wing stuff and it's like yeah right-wing bias right-wing bias 
clear, clear as day. Yeah. Um, so that yeah, they just they're, they're not they're just blinkered. They're blinkered all the time. But you keep invoking left and right in this uh, as an example. But this isn't that. This isn't left and right. It's something else. No, but left. He's he's beh- he's behaving. You're, you're, like you're a taking the, char- the character traits. Yes. Like, yes. Okay. Yeah. And he is a lefty. I mean, he is. He's, yes. He is left wing. Um, I mean, he does have right. He does like. He lo- loves a bit of authoritarianism. Yeah. He'll he'll take he'll take whatever authoritarianism <laughs> he'll take he can medical get. Medical tyranny. Yeah. He'll he'll take if he can't get if he, if he can't get communism he'll happily take fascism. Like like most mm. avowed socialists. Oh yeah. Yeah. Hmm. But he, he does have that. He, he has that left-wing mindset, and he does behave like a stereotypical lefty in that way. In the, in the way that a right-wing authoritarian wouldn't. Mm. Yeah, they do tend to behave differently. Yeah. Uh, in fact, is that an observation we can make that a, a right-winger in? And I again, I'm I'm saying in terms of um, of control, um, not not the not the libertarian right wing that is often characterised. Am I right in saying that they wouldn't settle for communism? <laughs> Could it, does it play the other way? Uh, it's, yeah. That, no. that would be against their creed. It's like, no, 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 this has to be the public-private partnership, you know, model. And if if we own people, that's wrong. Yes, so it only works one way again, doesn't it? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. No, I've never really thought about it that way, but I just thought that was worth. Yeah. Observing. So, so fascism is a stepping stone to communism, but it's not really, it's not really the other way. I mean, you could you you, you could argue that it's easier. You mean to- that the other way around then, or you? Because what I'm what I'm saying is the is the fascists wouldn't settle for communism, but you said it's a stepping stone to communism. Yes, which is why the communists are quite happy to have fascism in the short term. Right. See what I'm saying? Yes, okay. You can get to but communism via fascism. The, but the, you, the true fascists would stop at fascism. Yeah. <laughs> well, you can you can get to... An, an, an e- probably the easiest way to get to communism is through fascism. They, they see it as a stepping stone. And they're yes. right. Yes. And, and, yeah, and yeah, they're, yeah, and they're yeah, right, yeah. yeah. The, yeah. The, probably the easiest way to get to communism mm. would be to go to fascism first. Where you just have the, you know, you just kind of have more and more regulation, and you get yeah, fewer and yeah. fewer businesses, but they get bigger and bigger and bigger. Yeah, and then you nationalise them. Yes, it would be if you wanted to get to fascism, and you did, it, and let's say you 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 decided for some reason you wanted to go via communism, you'd have to kind much of, more difficult. Yeah, it, you're going yeah. about it the wrong way. Yeah, so that's why fascists don't think, oh, we'll go to communism first because it's a it's a ball ache. Yeah, if you're already controlling an industry, it's easier to nationalise it. Yeah. But it's not actually. It's easier to nationalise four or five big corporations as than we've it is seen, four or five hundred. As we've seen, it is really, really difficult to privatise uh, uh, an already nationalised industry. Um, they they always end in failure when 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 done in that public-private regulated way. You know, you look at BT and you look at all of the other, you know, uh, the, the the trains and everything. And they just they, they go from what's the what's the opposite of strength to strength? They just they just get worse. I'm not saying they were good under when they were nationalised, but they don't. 
Yeah, they're st- still miles better though. I mean, you, you, if you looked at any of the train statistics, yes, yeah, true. So true, if, true. If you look at if you look at oh, any, well, the time any, taken to get a telephone line installed, yeah. yeah. Uh, if yeah. you look at any measurable statistic, I don't know yeah. about telephones. I'm assuming it's better than it was. Oh yeah, totally. But if you look at any measurable t- statistic, and I've looked at it for trains, yeah, miles. Better, I suppose absolute my, miles. I suppose better. my standards are just very high, as they should be for a for a. A market then yeah they're not what they should be no. but you compare no, them back right. to what they were under british rail and yeah. it's just catastrophic yeah you're right you're right so what we just realized there is that it is possible okay to to have a thought to articulate it uh, to try and convince someone else that that you're right about it be immediately shown that you're wrong and then to and uh, you know then to see it to admit it to backtrack and to uh, Realised that you were wrong. That that is possible. I well, just did it in about two minutes. Yeah. Well, that that was that was the. Uh, I mean, that was the whole reason we started this. If you remember, because it was the it whole was, podcast. It, yeah, it was basically because we we were, you know, we were we were a lot about free speech mm. um, in the early days, in, to the point where I think some of our first recordings that we never released were about free oh speech. Oh my god! I forgot about that. I've forgotten um, that we recorded so many without releasing them because yeah, we wanted to get we just, good at it. Yeah, we wanted to just practice, so we just we we, we kind of recorded half a dozen, and yeah, then, and then suddenly thought, right, okay, we're good enough now. Let's let's do it. Um, but they, they, we talked a lot about free speech and how you could, you know, it was a way to put put a point across with somebody in a. You know, for want of a better term, a safe environment where somebody could criticise you, but you're not going to you'd be you know you're not going to lose friendship or whatever yeah. over it. And you know, in in somebody will will you know you have a conversation and somebody will point out that you're wrong and everything is in good faith and you realise you know what I was wrong. Yeah, and then that's how you move. That's how you strengthen your arguments. Yes, exactly. And you've just done that in two minutes. Yeah. You know, you you thought you you had like a a, a really quick thought. You just kind of it made sense. <laughs> You know, in in that split second, yes. you blurted it out, and yeah. then I pointed out, well, actually, how about this, 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 and this? <laughs> have you thought about this? Well, no, I didn't. <laughs> but that's 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 what should happen. Is that you yeah. know, if you make a point and somebody has, you know, more evidence to the contrary or better evidence or whatever, um, and they convince you, then oh shit, I was wrong. Of course, I was wrong. Thank you. Can can somebody send this to Sam Harris, please? <laughs> make him listen to it, honestly. If you've enjoyed this edition of Sounding Board, make sure you subscribe on your favourite podcast platform and visit soundingboard.com to see all our audio recordings, videos and blogs. We don't want your money, but you can support Sounding Board by giving us a great review and sharing us with the people you know. If you have an idea for a topic of conversation, why not join us in our Telegram channel at t.me forward slash soundingboard. See you next time.